I love that sign, the line that says, it's your breath in our lungs. That's how we pour out our praise. It's because God's spirit fills us because his breath is in our lungs because that's what gives us our praise. That was powerful. Thank you very much for that. So <clears throat> we're starting a brand new series tonight. And um, for the next few weeks, you're going to see this uh, same picture. We have an in-house artist who uh, drew this of our picture of our doors. And uh, this is called When Opportunity Knocks. When somebody knocks, what do you do? You answer it. <laughs> Avi, well, no, 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 no. Let's say this again. When somebody knocks, you peek out the side window or you say, I may not be home today right now. <laughs> Let's assume it's somebody you like already and they're knocking. <clears throat> You're going to open the door. That's the reality of what happens when somebody knocks on our door. And so in this season of Lent, we just celebrated Ash Wednesday together. And so in this season of Lent, in these next 40 days that take us into Easter, we are going to talk about the opportunity that knocks. We're going to talk about these opportunities that knock on our very own heart's door, on the doors of our church, and the doors of our community. And so we're going to begin to go down this path to see what it is that, is, that we can open ourselves up to. <clears throat> I want to look at Mark chapter 13, verse 9 tonight. <clears throat> so Mark is uh, the second book in the New Testament, Matthew and then Mark. It's one that's really direct and the lines are really concise. And in Mark chapter 13, it's, it's on page uh, 843 of the Bibles that are in front of you. <clears throat> In this section of Mark, this is where uh, Jesus has been telling his disciples that he is going on to face death and that he will die for a greater cause and that when he dies, he will rise again on the third day and that he's talking about how the temple will be destroyed and that things will change. And he tells them these things and they try to understand. But when you're told something new, sometimes it takes you a minute to go, wait, what did what did he just say? And so the disciples are at this point. And so in chapter 13, Jesus has been talking to them and telling them. And so um, he's, he's like, don't panic. These, these things are going to happen. He's talking about the end of time. And he's like, don't worry about it, but these things are going to happen. But then he says this in verse 9. When these things begin to happen, watch out. You will be handed over to the local council and beaten in the synagogues. You will stand trial before the governors and kings because you are my followers. <laughs> I'm really sure they uh, tuned in at that point. They're like, wait, what? <laughs> we're going to, wait a second. We're just going to go to church like normal? We're going to be beaten and we're going to be taken? What? And he has their attention. And he says, but this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. For the good news must first be preached to all nations. And then he begins to tell them more about what's going to happen and stuff. And he said, this is going to be your opportunity. When it looks like it's really hard, when it looks like it's not going to be really good, when you are going to be in hard times, that's going to be your opportunity to tell people about me. That sounds inviting, doesn't it? That's like, yeah, sign me up for that course. I want to be knocked on first, and then let me go out. That's where I want to be. But Jesus was setting them up for what was going to happen. Like they were going to be facing, they were going to go against the tide a lot of times 
as Christ followers, as someone who was trying to be like Christ. Because you see, Christ came, Jesus came, to show everybody who God was, to show them God's love to the people. They had gotten so far from God and gotten surrounded by rules and, and stipulations and everything had been put in place so it was so hard to get to him. And that Jesus came and said, listen, God really loves you so much. Here's what you need to do. And he talked about loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and loving your neighbor as yourself. He said, these are the two greatest things. And he said, all of the commandments fit into these. And so what does that look like for us? What does it look like for us to love God with all we have and to love our neighbor as ourself? What does it look like to have an opportunity to share God's love with other people? Let me tell you what it looked like for me. I grew up going to church. My parents were, um, were part of a church that they loved and loved. And when I was little, we would go to church all the time. We were there back in the day, in my day. We had church on Sunday morning, we had it on Sunday night, and we had it on Wednesday night. Apparently, we couldn't get enough on Sunday morning. Like, we had to keep getting more and more. And I was in Bible quizzing. So for me, a good time was to study this whole entire book and then have people ask me questions about it and let me be the first one to answer correctly. Yeah, that's how, I, that's how I was as a kid. And so I loved all of that kind of stuff. And I loved, 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 loved church. And I wanted people to come. And I would invite my friends to come to church because I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. And I couldn't understand why everybody didn't love it. Like, this was so great. And then I began to develop all of my friends there. And I'm like, oh, this is so good. Shouldn't everybody love this? And so I, uh, I remember going to college and deciding um, that I was going to go into education. I was going to be a teacher because that's where I felt like I could do the most. I had prayed about it, and I thought, oh, that's what God wants me to do is to be a teacher. And so I became a teacher, got married. Um, we were married for a good long time. We had two little babies. We lived real close to both of our sets of parents. It was so fun. Life was happy. And God said, hey, I think we've got to go somewhere. <laughs> and so uh, he called my husband to come here 18 years ago to Beaver Creek to be um, an executive pastor, an administrator over at the big church, Beaver Creek Nazarene, right down the road. And so 18 years ago, we embarked on this journey, and I had two young babies. And I said, oh, I can't teach now. i got these two babies. I ripped them away from all their grandparents. I have to take care of them. And about a week and a half later, <laughs> uh, I began to work at Beaver Creek Nazarene as a preschool pastor. And eventually, I became the children's pastor and was there for 10 years. And after about 10 years, um, I aged a little bit and started to begin to realize that, hmm, I'm not sure I can stay in children's ministry forever. I decided I wanted to teach children's pastors. I'm like, oh, that'll be a fun thing to do. I can begin to do that. At the time, I was a, uh, I was a pretty avid runner, and I loved to run um, all the time. And I had this, we had this little running club that we had developed, and uh, Steck, our music guy, was a part of the running club. And we would run on the bike path all the time. And my favorite part of the bike path, we would start at Fairfield Road, and then my favorite part of the bike path was always Alpha. Right as you crossed over Factory Road, and you get right here to Alpha, the trees kind of overcome, and you can see the old mill. It's just a, it just always pulled on my heart. Alpha was always this incredible place, and I'm like, oh, it's just so fun. Well, after about this time when all of this is happening and swirling around, this church has been established here in this community for 
um, since 1872, actually. <laughs> this is when this church building was built. And then the Church of the Nazarene took over in the early 50s. And uh, so about four years ago, Beaver Creek Church of the Nazarene was invited to take this building over. The church that was worshiping in here, they um, were dwindling in attendance. And the senior pastor at the time came to me and said, Sheila, I have this great opportunity. I think you're ready to take your own church. And I'm like, that would be fabulous. <laughs> and so it was an alpha. I didn't know at first, but it was an alpha, my favorite spot. And I thought, oh, how incredible would this be? And so when we began to investigate, I came in here um, on their last Sunday, what would be uh, when I would start, and I came and I preached a sermon to the few people that were here that day, and I preached about John the Baptist and how he had gotten in prison. And when John the Baptist was in prison, he'd gotten to the point where he was like, Jesus, are you really the Messiah? This was right before his death. And his, his disciples had come, and, and see, he had gotten so encased in his jail cell, cell and where he was that he couldn't see out any, path, any further. Even though he'd known all along that he was there to proclaim the Messiah, he'd gotten lost in sight and lost his vision. And he was like, really, are you Jesus? And Jesus reminded him of who he was. And so I talked about that in this building, and I was like, I don't ever want to lose sight of who we are. So when that church ended, we began to restore this building. Alpha is this beautiful historical community they love their history. They also love being connected to big city, uh, Beaver Creek. And so we restored this back to its original. And, the, and the, the church was not very well known in the community. It had not really developed a sense um, in the community or an openness. And so in all of my training and all that I know, I know for sure that I should love God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength and that I should love my neighbor as myself. And so I knew that coming into this building, we needed to bust the doors open wide. We needed to invite people in. We needed to let all kinds of people come in here. And we just needed to be open to the community. We needed to be a part of the community and let people know that, hey, listen, we love God so much that we want to spill out all over everybody. <laughs> we just wanted to go all over everybody. We decided that Saturday night, would be something different for this church. Because see, it had been established on Sunday mornings for a really long time, and so Saturday night at 5.30 became our time. It became another option. The big church that we're a partner of over there, or we're the, we're the baby to the big church. <laughs> the big church over there has Sunday services down pat, and so we started Saturday evenings. And I just would walk out in the neighborhood, and I would walk the neighborhood, invite people to different things, and just begin to develop. And we had a, um, a man who was doing music with us at the time. His name was Richard, and uh, he was in transition, and he did a great job for us. And then a little bit after that, after we began Saturday nights, and um, every Saturday night at 5.20, we would open the doors, and I'd be like, oh, I hope somebody comes today. Oh, at 5 o'clock, I'd begin to pray. Oh, God, if just a couple people would come, like, well, I would, I would worry every day. And, and every week, people showed up. Every week, people came. One day, Bill Brown, who is our 86-year-old uh, neighbor, not here tonight, but he comes all the time. And one day, he walked in, he goes, where's the people? And I'm like, I don't 
oh, I love they're coming. He's like, listen, two or three are gathered. God's going to be there. And I was like, thanks for that reminder. And so God, is, God has, has allowed us to show love to everybody within the community and beyond. And so people began to come and began to come more and more. And then as we transitioned, one of my running partners, Steck, does music. And Steck also loves God. And he, and he loves for people to know that too. And so Steck joined our team, me as the team. <laughs> we became a team. And Steck and I began to look at things and shape things a little bit different. Like, how can we continue to open these doors how can we have opportunities within the community, within the neighborhood, but also in Alpha? What can we do that makes everybody know that, that they're welcome here and that there's a place for them? And how can we begin to teach people about God's love and that they can go out and then teach others? Because that's what he called to do. He said the opportunity is going to come when you're going to be able to share the gospel. Second, I continued to work, and last year, we began, with Amy Hill, we began a children's ministry, because when we first started Alpha, we wanted simple, authentic, and worship. We just wanted things very simple. This building allows very simplicity, very sim simple things. We wanted to make sure people knew that we were a part of this community, and as simple as we could be, pare it down. We didn't want to have all kinds of um, anything, just simple. And we wanted to be very authentic. We wanted to be who we really were. Steck and I were learning together as we were, as we were going through this, as music would flow into the sermon. We were learning all of that together. And we added Amy. And when we first started, we wanted just to be family worship, like everybody come together. That'll make it easy. And then we realized... Oh, sometimes you need a break from your little ones, and they need to go up and have a really good time themselves. And so we started a children's ministry, and that's been going on for about a year. And now Jen Watkins has taken over that. She's doing a great job with it. So we're building this team. And then Renata came along with us, and Renata has rounded out our team. And, and uh, Bruce, who has uh, come every Saturday to play the piano, we have this team building and you know who else is a big part of that team? You, because you keep coming. You keep coming to this place that's open. You keep coming um, to this service on Saturday night. You keep coming, and beyond everything else, we want you to see Jesus. That's more than what we want anywhere else. We want you to be able to see Jesus. And so we've done everything we can to get you ready so that you can see Jesus so that when an opportunity would knock, what would we be able to do? What, would, what could we do so that more people could see Jesus? You see, we're a church that happens to be in Alpha because we're always going to be for Alpha. But we're a church that is in Alpha. We're not just a church for Alpha. We're a church in Alpha. And so... We need to broaden our horizons and we need to look, how is it that we can invite our friends or how is it that we can invite people that reach from all over because we're this incredible church in Alpha. And so what is it that we can do here? So now we have this opportunity to grow and to do something new. We have this opportunity to stretch ourselves 
and to do something different. So beginning on Easter Sunday, we are going to start um, Sunday services. We're going to do Saturday night, as we typically do every Saturday night at 5.30, but we're also going to do Sunday. We're going to open our doors on a Sunday morning as well as a Saturday night. Why would we do that? Because we want more people to come and experience simple, authentic worship. We want more people to be able to come and see that, that God loves us, God loves you, God loves all of us, and he wants us to know that. So what are we going to do? We're going to open our doors and we're going to expand our horizons. We're going to try this. We're going to start it on Easter Sunday, and then we're going to go through June. And so we're going to give this trial period, we're going to give it 150%. All of us are. And we're going to say, yeah, we have this great opportunity. Oh, you can't make it Saturday? Oh, your kids have something? Oh, you want to come Sunday? You can come on Sunday then. That would be so great. Oh, that's so good. Because if we only have one space all the time, what happens is maybe we get like um, John the Baptist in that stuck in that little jail where he couldn't see anything else around him. Like, no, that's all there is. There's nothing else. But if we lift that open and we open our doors wide and we go, hey, let's try something new. Let's try something different. Let's offer a couple of options. Let's expand our horizons. Let's see if people can come on Sunday too. Because we figured out something really cool. We figured out that if we show God's love to people, it's going to spill out in all we do. If we're kind to other people, that's going to spill out in everything we do. If we open our doors and say, hey, you want to come with us? We have this incredible opportunity. And they, we're like, we have a Saturday night service. And they're like, oh, I got tickets to the play Saturday night. Good thing, because we could come Sunday, too. <laughs> Sunday at 10. Won't that? See? There is no excuse anymore. <laughs> You're not feeling well Saturday night? You can come Sunday. What incredible opportunity we have to open our doors to something more. What incredible opportunity we have to see God expand what is already going on, to see God grow something bigger than maybe what we were just thinking. What if it changes us a little bit? Remember back in Mark when they heard this? He said, you have this opportunity. That will be your opportunity in these trials when you go through this change, when all of these changes are about to happen, it'll be your opportunity to tell people about me. Well, we're going to take this incredible opportunity to tell more people about God, to tell people about who Jesus is and how much love he has for us. Because I think that's what we are missing a little bit now. I think, as Steck alluded to it earlier, there's a place in our world where we've lost sight of love and kindness. There's a place in our world where we've lost sight of how it is to treat others with gentleness and kindness and love. And there's this place where we haven't explored. We've lost sight of it. And so now we have the opportunity to be able to open our doors and to be able to say, you know what? We have this incredible thing going. We have this great thing happening here. How is it that we can expand and grow and offer more people kindness and love 
and gentleness and remind people that God loves us so much that he sent his son. That's where Lent takes us and do this time of remembering that. And so how is it that we have this opportunity? What is it that you can do in this time? What is it that's going to be important for you to do? Well, it's going to be important for you to pray. It's going to be important for you to begin to pray. What opportunity do you have? You have the opportunity to pray and to see where God's leading you in this. So just like we had um, a whole set up here of people singing and stuff on Saturday, we can have a whole set up here on Sunday. Just like we have a whole set of people who are working with kids, we can have a whole set of people up there on Sunday as well. And so we have this opportunity for you to begin to pray. Like, God, what is it that you want me to do? What opportunity do you want to knock on my door that I can open? How is it that I can begin to expand this? How is it that I can begin to see more love? <clears throat> How is it that I begin to show your love in lots of ways? I'm so excited about this opportunity for us to begin to expand and see things in a different way. To cause us a little bit of uncomfortableness. Because anytime we mention change, it begins to get a little uncomfortable. And anytime we mention we're going to do something different, sometimes it can be uncomfortable. But I want you to be reminded that this is an incredible opportunity for us to show more love, for us to be able to share with other people, for us to be able to open our doors. We have this great space in here and this great thing going. And how is it that we can share that with other people and more people can hear how much God loves them? And how we can learn and grow and begin to do that. What opportunity will you have to be able to do that? I don't know. That's where you need to begin to pray. You need to begin to say, what is it that we need to do? What is it that I need to do? What is it, God, that you're showing me in this time of change, in this time of movement, in this time of growth? What is it that I need to understand? I like that we're all in this together. <laughs> I'm so excited that we get this opportunity to do this together, to try it. Now, what happens if we try it and it's horrible? No, we'll still keep doing this. <laughs> we'll still keep doing something different. Maybe we'll change it. Maybe we'll flip it all around. We don't know unless we try. We don't know unless we go somewhere. We don't know unless we begin to open our doors and see how we can expand. So here's what I want you to do is to begin to pray, is to begin to open your hearts, to begin to not hide behind the shades when you hear a knock on your heart's door. Not notice that, oh, I think I'm not home at this time. But I want you to do is begin to pray and open up your heart. What does this mean for me, God? How is it that I can pray how is it that I can be a part of this? How is it that I can be a part of something so much bigger than what I am? Tonight we're going to share in communion. Tonight we're going to take communion together because that's one of the things that we did at the very beginning that when we set all of this church in motion, one of the things that we said is we always want to participate in communion. We always wanted to have communion available every week 
because it was this incredible opportunity for us to come and share the body of Christ broken and the blood shed for us and that every week we'd be able to come to the table to receive what we needed from the table, to receive all that God had for us, to receive the forgiveness that he so freely gives, to receive the love that he pours out for us, to receive the courage that we need to make decisions, to receive kindness that he fills us up that we can give to other people, wisdom, guidance, all those things that he has in his body broken and his bloodshed. And so tonight in just a minute, we're going to share in communion together. And then in a minute, I'm going to ask you to stand and to walk on the outside of your aisle, to come up front to take the gluten-free wafer, to dip it into the juice, to put it into your mouth and go back down the center. And to be reminded that everybody was invited to this table. Everybody was invited to the table that Christ set, and that's why we open it up to everyone. Because when Jesus had his disciples, those ones that he was telling which direction to go, the one that he was pouring his life into, that he was sharing with, and that he was giving everything to those guys who kept getting scared, those were the guys that all left him when it got really bad. Those are the ones who he said, listen, it's going to be, it's going to get really rough and I'm going to give you this opportunity to share about me. This is going to be your chance to share who I am, to share all that you've learned, to share this love and this hope that I'm giving you. You're going to have this chance to share it. Those are the guys that he had around his table. Those are the ones that they came together on this meal. He broke the bread and he blessed it and he passed it and he said, this is my body broken for you. And he took the cup of wine and he blessed it and he passed it and he said, this is my blood shed for you. He said, when you do this, remember me. When we do this tonight, we remember that his body is broken and his blood was shed for us so that we could receive his forgiveness, so that we could receive his love, so that then we could share that because somewhere along the line, People have forgotten how much God loves them. People have forgotten that Jesus is the answer to so many things that are wrong. We've forgotten that Jesus is our hope. And so tonight when we share in communion, be reminded of all that God has for you. Stand with me if you will. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity for us to begin to share about all kinds of new and exciting things that we can do. That we can be open to opportunity knocking at our door. That we can be reminded, God, that you have given us everything we have so that, so that we can share your love. God, what an incredible opportunity you have given us to open our doors on another day to have more room and more seats for more people to hear about you. Knock on our hearts, door, Lord, so that we'll know what you have us to do. Help us to be open. Put it in front of us so that we can pray. Bless us, Lord, as we receive your body broken and your bloodshed. Amen.